Good evening, and welcome to Live from the Humidor, Live from the Band Shell. Woohoo! Featuring Sarah Lawrence and Big Fish. Currently absent, K.J. Welcome to our podcast. We're at the Band Shell, everyone. We're live. We're from live the from the Alpina bandshell in the park and we are doing west side story the first ever the first ever free free public performance public performance of theater and and now coming to us live is from the the star of the show himself Caleb Richards playing Tony. Hi, Hi, Caleb. Hi. How are you feeling tonight? Good. My mom's going to love listening to this. Oh, well, we're excited that your mom is going <laughs> to love listening great, to this. Great. So, Hi, Caleb's mom. I was going to say, Caleb, can you tell us a little bit about what it's been like to uh, embody this uh, iconic character and oh my gosh. just exactly how special it is that we're able to share this with our community mm. uh, in, in a way that has never been accessible before? Yeah, no, this is super special. So, um, this show is so iconic, both musically and story-wise, that um, the nice thing is is that with how we're placing it, there wasn't a way to really do this um, a correct way. So we were able to break it down and say, um, what is going to fit this community? What's the story that they need to see? And for this community, it was to see these um, issues and these really important characters spaced now within their community with people that they also see around the community. So. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I think is really important to mention as I see all of my actors on their iPhones or uh, with scripts in hand is that not only are we doing this two weeks after we uh, started our ru- or ended our run of uh, West Side Story at the theater proper, uh, we also are currently in the process of producing Oklahoma, uh, which is just fascinating and uh, overwhelming for the actors because, you know, being able to switch their hats so quickly, uh, this is truly made us a repertory company uh you know almost all summer stocks are repertory in some way but to be able to do two different performances with the same company in just uh in two nights is uh really exciting and uh, hopefully something that we can continue to uh develop and uh pursue in the future yeah so so jeffrey thank you caleb thank you for thank you for go prepare so so jeffrey so molly why, why let's is, walk over to the bench let's walk over to the bench by we the can't do this in the humidor lake. folks this is uh this is really something it's really beautiful out today really beautiful um why why is it important that we're doing this show tonight at the at the alpina band show why is this like the coolest thing that we've ever done in the entire world well you know uh there's so many reasons i mean first of all uh one of the biggest problems, I think, with modern-day theater is, you know, making sure that it's accessible to everyone, not just to our our, our uh, primary uh, demographic, which I think is true of every theater in America, you know, um, that we all have the same demographic. And how do we make theater exciting? And how do we make theater uh, something that people want to go see all of the time rather than just a little bit of the time? Uh, I know for a fact that tonight it's uh, likely that we're going to have about 2,000 people here at the park who are seeing theater, quite honestly, for the very first time. I would say probably about 50% of our folks, you know, might have come in contact with theater before, before, but when you think about the sheer numbers in a small lakeside community like ours that, uh, you know, doesn't view theater as a priority or has never even, you know, thought of, hey, I'm going to go to the professional theater because that means that I'm going to see actors from some of the biggest markets in the country, from some of the best universities in the country, and to be able to provide that for free at the park. I mean, the weather right now is beautiful. We're sitting at like 65 degrees, so there's a nice breeze blowing through for the actors and for the audience. I mean, it's just, it's monumental, uh, you know, 
obviously in the bigger markets like New York, in Chicago, in a lot of bigger cities, it's a lot easier to have an audience who is going to want to go and spend two and a half hours in a park <laughs> watching a Broadway musical. But here in Alpena, that's a really big challenge. And we're so excited to see uh, just how successful or unsuccessful we are. Right. Like, this is just a huge experiment, which is always exciting, yeah. uh, always uh, innovative. Um, and then furthermore, you know, uh, I worked at a, uh, a theater uh a few years out of college called Festival 56 in Princeton, Illinois. And one of the things that stuck with me most at that theater was that the artistic director sat me down one day because I had the, uh, the privilege of playing Macbeth. Uh, in in the in the royal in the show Macbeth, and he just he gave me a perspective that I never pursued. Oh my gosh, Kate Shade is coming Kate in Shade. Live, live, live too, live from the humidor, Hi, live Kate at the band Shade. shell. Hi, there she is. She is just as excited as the rest of us. Um, and you know what uh, that artistic director shared with me was, you know, Jeff, you were going to be the Macbeth that everyone associates with that name and with right. that show. And we have the opportunity to do that tonight with West Side right. Story. You know, people are going to think of Caleb when they think of Tony, and people right. are going to think of the fact that we're doing this show with eight cubes and a scaffolding, which is so different from what we're used to, which is, you know, the the, the movie and then the big Broadway show with skyscrapers that are moving to and fro and, uh, you know, dreams that descend from the sky. Um, so in terms of importance and... Um, experiment and excitement it's I never thought that this would be a reality for our right, theater right. Uh, and you know I think a little bit later we might be able to talk about how this all happened yeah. because it actually is much more simple than uh, than, than many might believe but uh, this is just such an overwhelmingly exciting and uh, really huge step forward for the theater and the community which is really again what we're here for I think we've said that enough on the podcast the past two shows but um, if it wasn't for our community we wouldn't be here and so we're just really excited to give back uh, My uh, the, the founder of my theater program that was his big uh, speech and uh, he actually mm -hmm. just recently passed he always said give beauty back mm -hmm. and I feel like that's exactly what we're doing tonight and we're really excited about that yeah and we are it's so cool because we are seeing kids show up with their families and lots of elderly people and lots of people who I don't know maybe would never set foot in a theater and just have the opportunity to play on the playground to scream and run around to well, leave when they need yeah. to um, and and these people who may find it scary to go into a theater or not be able to or not be able to afford it they're getting like you said free theater and I know that there are certain people who are coming to Alpina just for this event right. which is <laughs> mind-blowing you know it's, it's it's just something that we're not used to and uh, I really think that this is going to be a catalyst for a lot of growth and uh, development in our in our near future and I'm so excited can you tell I'm excited I think I've said that word about 10 Jeff times in excited. about 10 minutes of a podcast <laughs> let's take a poll audience viewers viewers listeners is Jeff excited you can all vote on this on Facebook <laughs> we'll set up a, a poll they we'll can. one day we'll do a video a video blog are. A vlog. A vlog. A vlog. Nice. Vlog. That might happen someday. That'll be just for Jack Golden. So Shout we're out. gonna we're gonna talk to some of our our actors in a little while. Um, and Before we do that, uh, we had a really great question that was submitted. Yes, it was. Uh, ooh, and now you can hear one of our actors. Uh, I feel like we're uh, on the Serengeti. What? She's warming up behind the band shell. I'm gonna go uh, give water to her dog now. Bye, podcast. Okay. Bye, podcast <laughs> listeners. Paige taking care of the dogs, which is uh, what she is born what to she do. Loves to do. Do we want to go uh, zoom in on Emily yes. Samuelson? Yes. And, uh, we're gonna follow. A wild is. Emily Samuelson. We're gonna hear how an actor prepares. This is very exciting. I'm hoping that we scare her sufficiently. Ooh, ooh, ooh that's a nice lip trill uh, that we're listening to. Ooh, mm, listen to that technique. Uh, Emily is playing our Consuelo Ah in this production, 
and I'm sure. Oh, listen to that breath support, folks. You wow. cannot beat that. That is uh, wow. live and in uh, not Technicolor, but about as close as you can get <laughs> through a, through a podcast. Listen. Emily, do you have a few minutes to talk to our podcast listeners? Sure. Hi, Emily. Hi. So, where are you from, Emily? Uh, I'm actually from the Washington, D.C. area. Amazing. So How did you cool. get to Thunder Bay Theater? Um, so, actually, through this funny little website that a lot of actors use called Backstage, Jeffrey was searching for people for his production of Grand Night for Singing, um, and I just so happened to send in a video submission, and we had an interview, and we both really, really enjoyed talking to one another, and so he invited me to come work here for Grand Night. Um, and then through that whole process, uh, he asked if I could stay on for the summer, and I happily accepted. And here you are. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us a little bit about your experience uh, being in West Side Story and, uh, you know, the challenges, but also the uh, the successes that I think that we've all kind mm. of found along the way, because mm-hmm. it has not been easy from start to finish. Um, so I'm actually one of the lucky castmates here who has, has been in West Side Story before um, as a separate character, mm-hmm. and um, I think... Actually, this experience for me was very eye-opening because I got to see the show through a different lens, through a different character lens. Um, And I think um, from day one, we just took everything very, very, very seriously. We had very, very in-depth conversations. We listened to one another, different perspectives, different lifestyles. uh, And I think that really, really helped the show grow. But also, at the end of the day, we didn't forget to have fun, which is super important. Yeah, yeah. What are you most excited for tonight? To dance America, duh, right? like as a shark girl, like what yeah. could be more exciting? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, we're going to let you go back to uh, you. warming up and thank vocalizing you. as uh, any professional does. <laughs> uh, but thank you. We're excited Bye, to see you Bye, Emily. And Emily Samuelson is actually starring in our current production of Oklahoma as mm-hmm. Lori. And so if you enjoyed what she just said, you should stop on by the theater and see see Oklahoma. Okay, but let's address this question that was submitted Amazing. by one of yeah, our listeners. Let's not, let's not, let's not go <laughs> Disrupt the backstage area. Let's. Uh, oh, here's a nice mossy tree. Let's, nice uh, this mossy is so tree. nice. We don't get this kind of variety in, uh, in the humidor. But we don't. Here at the band shell. We get lots of variety. Oh, we're in the shade now. It feels so lovely. So a nice my, breeze, if you will. One of my dear, dear friends, Mary Catherine. Not a plant, however. Not a plant. This was totally of her own volition to ask this question. Asked, um, what kind of the first thing that happened to us that made us love theater and want to do theater for the rest of our lives. I want to create theater. I want to create theater. Um, and kind of a, if it was a show that we saw or that we performed in or that we read, um, if it was a person that helped us get us involved. Um, and so we're going to answer that for you. So Jeff, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, it's totally go, up to you. Go first. Okay, so my answer is, uh, is, is double layered. Because uh, I actually started acting at a very, very young age. I think I was a fifth grader in elementary school. And uh, I was always one of those young children that liked to be the center of attention, which I know is shocking listening (laughs) to all these podcasts. Surprising. Surprising. Um, But uh, for our winter choir concert, there was an opportunity for one young member of of the student body to portray a frozen snow uh, frozen snowler bear a polar bear who came to life as we sang uh, a song that was a complete ripoff of frosty the snowman and of course Amazing. of course young jeffrey mindock decided that that was his time because to take what is young jeffrey mindock if not a young polar bear a young dancing frozen polar bear frozen very specific polar bear. so uh in true uh mindock fashion my mother fabricated the costume of course. because there were uh no costumes that fit a young man of my uh stature um and, and really that was when the bug was born <laughs> as is the case for i believe almost every actor yeah 
uh, <laughs> when you have the opportunity to portray a frozen polar bear dancing, wow. you're, you're sold. You, yeah, you don't go anywhere else. So, um, but uh, you know, I, I and then I, you know, I, I uh, jumped into the acting profession or just hobby. You know, it's mm-hmm. not really, and then nothing's a profession at, at uh, you know twelve years old at <laughs> right. fifth grade. But I literally, uh, through the support of my family, through the support of my amazing parents, I actually was able to participate in about a hundred plays oh from fifth grade to uh, when I when I uh, entered college. So yeah. from literally from uh, elementary school to high school, and we're talking school plays, after school programs outside yep. of the after yep. school plays. I was in like ten community shows a year, which doesn't even make sense because there's only twenty. But I literally right. was doing right. so much theater because yeah. I was just so in love with it. While also trying to, you know, go through puberty and, you know, play sports and, you know, figure out what <laughs> girls were. I mean, it was a right. great time in my life for everyone <laughs> to experience. Um, and then I went to school, you know, went to college, and I was actually very, very lucky to uh, to pretty much work consistently for about two and a mm-hmm. half years after school. I, uh, I toured around the country a lot uh, doing educational Shakespeare and musical theater. Um, First few first year was really a lot of musical theater. I was uh, blessed to perform in the Full Monty and Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Did a production of Seven Brides, Seven Brothers professionally, um, and then uh, and, and then I found my Shakespeare niche and yeah. I performed with uh, the Kentucky Shakespeare Festival. And I just said I was with uh, in Macbeth at Festival Fifty Six, and then I had the privilege to uh, go down and work with NC Shakes in its last uh, educational tour ever. And it was on that educational tour with North in North Carolina that I started finding myself saying, you know, Jeff. You know what you want to do as an actor, but you don't always know how to do it. Like, there was just a Mm. disconnect between my brain and my body and really understanding. But, like, I knew what story I wanted to tell, which is something that everybody who's worked with me so far as a director knows is very important to me. Um, (laughs) And I was able to articulate that to my fellow actors, but I was always like, man, I just can't drop in. I can't really understand how to do it. So I started to really think, well, maybe I should really start pursuing directing. Maybe I should go back to school and get my MFA, or maybe I should, you know, call up Thunder Bay Theater and ask if they still are considering me as an artistic director. And just so happens that, you know, and here we are, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, I was an actor at Thunder Bay Theater doing Beauty and the Beast, Grey Gardens, and uh, Boeing, Boeing in the fall of 2013. And on my way out the door, I uh, half-jokingly, half-very-seriously made the comment to the board of directors and eventually to the president, and I presented them with a five-year proposal yeah. of how I would run Thunder Bay Theater. Right, right. And after uh, several Skype interviews and a lot of discussions with my then-girlfriend, now-wife, and now-associate artistic director, Paige, mm-hmm. um, I was offered the job in February of 2014 while I was still on that North Carolina Shakespeare tour. Right, right. And we decided that we were going to, you know, uh, go to Alpena, Michigan and, and run <laughs> a theater. A leap of faith. And, yeah. and that's really, I mean, that, it was just, I guess, me being bold and saying, hey, I'd love to run your theater and, and me having a passion and a plan yep. that really set me on this course. And now I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And I'm so excited yeah. to see what the future holds for Thunder Bay Theater and the Mindox. But yeah. Molly, I know that your story is very, very different. And I would, it is. I, I, would it love, is. I would love to hold the phone because you oh do that gosh. a lot. Wow, and uh, tell us about, <laughs> about you. Tell us about, about all of that for you. Well, I will say the one thing that I think unites every theater person's story is that passion. And I think, obviously, we've talked about this before, but you can tell from listening how passionate Jeffrey is and how passionate (laughs) I am and Paige is and all of our guests and people that we talk to we love this and so I think that's something that's common of kids when they get involved in theater is like how can I do as much theater as I possibly can absolutely (laughs) Um, because I love it so much and for 
students often in a lot of communities don't have the same opportunities as people who want to pursue sports or pursue some kind of technical field. So we have to work sometimes a lot harder to find those opportunities, which um, was right up my alley. <laughs> um, but I kind of got my start. Um, I was really involved in church as a kid and I sang in a choir a lot and I loved singing and I loved making music and I loved performing music um, and singing in church and all of that. And then when I was in fifth grade, um, I was the like, magic year. The magic year, fifth grade. I know. Um, I was like, I need to do a play, and I auditioned for my elementary school's production of Peter Pan, Amazing. and I got cast as Peter Pan. Of course you did. Of course I did, because who would be a better Peter Pan in the world? Nobody. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but very, I, very humble and modest here at Thunder Bay Theater. But I, um, I played Peter Pan that year, and I just fell in love with the camaraderie of the cast and of creating that sense this of family. story. Yeah. And this sense of, um, we're all here to tell a story. I love that. Um, and I love that also in the church, just telling Bible stories and that kind of thing. I'm always, I've always loved stories and telling stories. And, um, so after Peter Pan, I like Jeff's did as well, got involved in as much theater as quick as I could. Um, and I haven't counted, but I'd say it's probably pretty far up there as far as number of performances I've been in. But um, actually, I moved. suppose that is a little vain of me to know exactly yeah, how many I, I did know. before high well, school. But I'm just kidding. I, my mother, no, for my graduation <laughs> from high school, my mother literally made an entire list and put it on of a trifold. Of course she did. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, great. we can blame my mother for all of this, but uh, that's the only reason I know, no, I promise. No, no. no I understand. Um, but I actually moved to Alpena, Michigan, um, where, where we're located now, uh, right before I started high school. And I, uh, that's where I found Thunder Bay Theater originally. And I'm and sure I, that was a transformative experience in it its own was, right. Because in California, where I grew up, um, it's kind of a pay to play thing for child actors there, um, at least in the communities that I was living in, where if you knew the right people and had the most money, you would be the lead in the, in the community play. Um, and I, of course, didn't know the right people or didn't have enough money. And so I ended up playing, um, oh, my favorite part ever, as I think a sixth grader was an Oompa Loompa. In Willy Wonka and you the know, everybody has to be an Oompa Loompa before <laughs> they get to be Peter Pan. Gracious, you did it the other way. Uh, I wish that I could show you all the picture of me. I am maybe we can find it. Clearly, so angry that I am on stage <laughs> as an Oompa Loompa. Oh, so it was the worst, the worst experience of my life, and also the best because I so learned so much. But. I had my time as a talking tree in Wizard of Oz, <laughs> exactly. so don't you worry. Exactly. Um, but in high school, I, I got involved with Thunder Bay Theater, and I met some people who were really influential and really cared about me and were like, you have a passion for this. There it is again, passion. Passion. Um, you have a passion for this, you have a talent for this, and you have the work ethic that will make you successful in this business. Um, and so from there I directed, I acted, in, I took classes um, in high school, and then I went to New York to, to study theater in college. Um, and that was obviously college is transformative for any person, uh, especially sure. artists. So. Um, and yeah. then... Uh Tell everybody a little bit about uh, when you graduated and uh, oh how gosh. your life has been in the past wow. three months. <laughs> so, yeah, so past three months, I graduated in May of this year of 2017 from Sarah Lawrence College, which um, I would I could talk about that school for hours and hours and hours, but I will spare you. Um, and I, I got hired actually this past December as this position, the managing director, before I even graduated, which was a huge blessing to have my last semester of college kind of not freaking out about what I was going to do sure. after I left school. Um, 
and yeah, so I've been coming and kind of doing different stuff than I'm used to, kind of um, expanding my horizons in that way. But it's I've learned a lot, and it's been really interesting and exciting. Um, and I was going to say back to back to the original question. You know, yeah. um, being a you know, I obviously have the privilege of being an artistic director, which is what obviously I'm passionate about. <laughs> Has being the managing director affected you know the reason that you want to do theater, or or how you perceive how theater should be done, or how it needs to be done, That's, especially yeah. going from uh, New York City to Alpena, Michigan? which is, for those of us playing at home, not exactly the same place. <laughs> it's uh, very different. You know, I know that that's a pretty bre- uh, lengthy yeah. and broad question, but if you can pare no, it down just a little bit. great question. Um, yes, I think it has to change my Absolutely. opinion of theater and, and the way that I view theater. I think my school did a really great job of, of highlighting the importance of art and of making things that mean something and that are important socially and will say an important thing and will teach the audience about whatever um and that's great and that is the purpose of art i fully believe but especially when you're in a community like alpina that has to be paired with this with this partnership of of what does the community need and how can we serve the community best even while creating art well and does this community need to hear the same message as the people who are living in new york i think that's really what's true for me that is probably no or at least yes in a different way or maybe they're not ready yet but they'll but but it's our job to get them there exactly or maybe we'd say the same things in a different way um and so that has been really eye-opening and also um Again, coming from a college who was like, go, do your thing. We'll give you the resources. Um, Being in a position of like, I am now the person who has to help find the resources to do the things that we want to do. And that's always a challenge. I mean, our theater would look a lot different if we had a million dollars. And (laughs) it would look and sound and feel a lot different. Um, and, and, And we're kind of, I'm learning how to work with and do great work with the smaller resources that I have, which Amazing. is changing kind of how I think about making art. Well, something you just said about, you know, what the message and how we want it to be portrayed, you know, I think that that actually brings us right back to what's happening tonight. Yeah. And the fact that we're not just doing, uh, you know, any old play at right. the band shell exactly. for the first time ever in Alpina. <laughs> we happen to be doing West Side Story, which is one of the most, uh, not in a shock value way, but one of the most controversial and right. conflicted shows in the musical theater canon, which right. is why it is such a big deal. I mean, I don't know if everybody who's here tonight knows is we're, we're standing about 50 minutes away from uh, 50 minutes away and then about an hour and a half away from uh, a fight that ends in two deaths uh, right. right in the middle of our Banshell Park. Right. Uh, you know, and that's so exciting to me. And uh, we talked about it on the last podcast a little bit, but, you know, this is a very racially driven show. It is. And we have taken that one step further by uh, stripping away the conventional races and making it multi-ethnic right. Right. Uh, for the Sharks and you know, maintaining that the Jets are white and how that is affecting us in 2017. Right. And, uh, you know, we don't just get to see big musical numbers and we don't get to see sets changing (laughs) and we only see one set of costumes. All we have tonight is a beautiful story about racial indifference and people trying to overcome it. Right. And again, we get to share that for free in public with, with a lot of this community. Who may not know what they signed up for. <laughs> and that's exciting. Which is cool. Yeah. Because the point of this, in my eyes, and the point of doing West Side Story in the first place, was to start conversations. Right. Which, uh, from our limited engagement at the theater, we know is happening. Right. right. I have not heard more people excited about a summer concert in the park right. than I have this past 
two weeks yeah. since we closed West Side Story. So um, we might need to do a little like post pod uh, yes, tonight, or maybe even to. tomorrow morning after we let it resolve a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Um, yeah. You know, because I think it's going to be an out of body experience, not just for our audience, but also for our patrons. Yep. Uh, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I meant our our actors, our yep. performers. Yep. Um, obviously, I know that our patrons are our audience. Um, you know, <laughs> but like this is. Who knows? It's an experiment, which again is what art is supposed to be. Right. It's, you know, and, you know, we, we may be doing West Side Story, which to a lot of people doesn't seem risky and doesn't seem experimental, but, but it is. Oh, it's so risky. And, <laughs> it's so experimental. And that's <laughs> what makes me so passionate about the theater and the art right. is, you know, because when we first got here, uh, you know, I was able to convince our board of directors in my first year to do God of Carnage right around Easter Whoa. in our first spring of, of being here. And holy guacamole, I have never seen a, a theater so empty because yeah. people didn't know what they were getting into. And when they heard about all the profanity right around that, uh, you know, sacred yep, holiday. Yep. And the title, God of And Carnage. the title, I mean, you know, so, uh, you know, yeah. it's not, my, I just think that there's a real connection between the two of us in understanding that yep, and, you yep. know, coming to a small Midwestern town yeah. and understanding how theater works for this community and in yeah. this community is fascinating, especially because most of us are being educated about theater in, in larger markets yeah, where yeah. we don't have to worry about that. And right, it's just, right. you know, I mean, that is such a gift. It is also an immense challenge that we all challenge. struggle with <laughs> on the regular, you know? Right, right. Um, and it's also hard, um, we've talked about this a lot recently, but hard as us as individual artists kind of having our own artistic vision and Absolutely. creative energy and how do we channel that into what we're doing in our jobs as how do we find artistry in, right. in raising development funds right how do we find artistry in directing a show that maybe you didn't want to direct and Absolutely. maybe a board member wanted you to do Absolutely, and, you and how do you find those um that way to fulfill yourself artistically while you're doing this work that is so different from how you were trained and that's kind of i guess the big personal thing that you know, like personal artistic challenge. Even that we deal even with. talking about the programming this summer, you know, we I don't think that we could have picked three more uh, three more recognizable shows in <laughs> regards to different. title. Yeah. In regards to title, with the Adams Family, which everyone's right. like, oh my gosh, the TV show, and then West Side Story, oh my gosh, the movie, and then Oklahoma, oh my gosh, the movie. But you know, I would say that Oklahoma and West Side Story are probably two top five Broadway musicals. Right. But they are written so differently and come from such <laughs> different time periods. About such different things, yeah. And how do you grapple with that? And right. how do you right. make sure that the message that you're and the story that you're trying to tell comes across the right. footlights? Right. And like doing Oklahoma tonight would have been such a different experience than doing totally. West Side Story. Totally. Both good and I don't want to even say bad. Both good and different. Right. Right. Um, you know, it's just. It's hard to qualify. That's things, if, yeah. if if I have you know anyone listening who might be thinking you know a young person in theater uh -huh. or you know a young college student in theater you know don't put yourself in a box of you know you have to be devising theater to make great art right. or you right. know we For can sure. devise a lot of things with some of the most iconic plays that have been given to us. Right. Look at William Shakespeare. Right. Look at Arthur Miller. Look at Bernstein and yeah. Sondheim yeah. and Rodgers and Hammerstein. I mean, it's just don't ever think that you have to do something some way in order for it to be successful in order totally. to accomplish your goals. Totally. And that goes both ways. I mean, that Absolutely. goes with, don't think that you can be handed a show like Oklahoma and you have to do it exactly how they did it. Autopilot doesn't exist. Right. So I think that's also, I mean, we'll have to talk about Oklahoma on our next podcast. I, I, but, I was going to say, <laughs> I was thinking about that as we were but, talking. Um, but we definitely didn't take that show and do it exactly how it's always been done. We've, we've well, that's changed no fun. it. And that's yeah, no what's fun. the fun in that? But I think that that's, that's also the other side of the coin is you don't want to 
necessarily be super radical and put these performance pieces on, but you also don't want to do these musicals that we all know, oh, this is how they're done, and they look exactly like they're supposed to look in exactly the same way as you've always seen it. It's fun to kind of find, like you said, the things that make you tick as a person and and bring those into any story that you're doing. Well, and um, are you making choices based on shock value, or are you making choices that are justified by the text or justified by right, the world that you're right, trying to create? Right. You know, that's uh, that's something that we talk about a lot up here in Alpina because Definitely. shock value doesn't get you very far. No, and I also yeah. don't. I also personally don't believe in shock value. We can have right. a maybe that's the next. <laughs> I know I was going to say we're like bringing up a lot of interesting artistic things to talk about um, in the future. But <laughs> yeah, the TBT throwdown of you know shock value versus no shock value, I think, could probably be an entire podcast oh, on its yeah, own. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so do we want to go get a few more interviews? Yes, we're let's almost, go talk to some actors. And I see people yeah. uh, milling around the Thunder Bay Theater merchandise stand. Ooh. Did you know, folks, that uh, in the next few months, we're actually going to be able to be selling our merchandise online, yeah. uh, uh, free e-commerce, which we're very excited about. Ooh, Ooh. let's go photobomb. Let's go be in a... F- Ooh, yeah, go we're photobombing photo right now. Sharks only, thank you. Okay. Sharks okay. only. We're photobombing on the podcast, uh, live from the humidor, photobombing. Did you know that you could photobomb in a podcast? Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, sharks. Yeah. Am I in a podcast? Amazing. You're in the podcast. Say hi. We'll get you next, Adrian. Let's go to our costume. Oh, oh my gosh. One of my favorite people who works at this theater. Her wow. name is Sarah Lake Rayburn, and she's our costume designer. Hey. Hi. Say hi to our, to our listeners. Hey, everybody. So, Sarah, where are you from? I am from Champaign, Illinois. Oh my gosh, and how did you end up here? Uh, it's a funny story. Uh, <laughs> last summer, I was on a road trip with my mother, and I got this email from this guy. His name was Jeffrey Mendock. That's what happens Who's a lot that? around here. I know. Who's Jeffrey <laughs> Mendock? I had no idea at the time, and he's like, we need a costume designer. I saw your website. We like what you do. Are you interested? And I was like, I have never heard of this place, but sure. But sure. And a week later, I was here, and I've been here ever since. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. So tell us a little bit about what you did with the costumes for West Side Story and how um, you used really, I don't want to say easy, but, like, not difficult things to find and how you created the story with those Easy things, yeah. easy to find things. I was going to say, I think another thing to uh, maybe mention is, you know, what in concert means the Thunder Bay Theater and how it specifically right. affects the costumes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in concert at Thunder Bay Theater basically means we simplify the set, we simplify the costumes, um, but we keep all of the blocking and the choreography and everything. Right. Great. That's it's awesome. it's really it's really a, again a way to really focus on the story and the characters and strip away the without things. letting all of that get in the way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we wanted to keep pretty simple uh, costumes, and of course we brought it up to modern day, which made it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey said, how about denim? And I said, that sounds awesome. And so uh, almost everyone in the cast is wearing some kind of denim, and we kind of split it into the Jets have a darker wash and the... Uh, no, the Jets have a lighter wash, excuse me, and the Sharks have a darker wash to kind of separate the, uh, the two... Yeah, and it looks yeah. really cool on stage, especially here at the Banshell, when yeah. you look at the at the whole cast standing up and you're like, whoa, I can see exactly who everyone is, um, which yeah. if you think about it is an interesting part of the story really also. Yeah. Um, and then what did you do, <laughs> ha ha ha, uh, what did you do with Tony and Maria? Like, how did you play with them a little bit? Yeah, so um, I kind of wanted to make sure that it was pretty clear that they were loosely affiliated with the gangs, but right. um, not really. So they're not part of the gang. Um, and obviously they stand out because they cross those lines and right. fall in love with each other. So uh, we put each of them in kind of a 
an in-between uh, with kind of a medium wash of the denim and tried to avoid um, the polarity of each of the uh, each of the gangs. Right, yeah. right, yeah, and they have really cool costumes too. Awesome. I'm Anything really else that you want to say before? How do you feel about show? doing yeah. uh, Are you West Side Story at the band show? <laughs> Guys, I'm so know. excited. This is so awesome. Everybody's like really, really excited for yeah. this, and the energy is just out of control. It and is. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks, Sarah. Yeah. Thanks for chatting. Already, with us. I think we have time for one more interview, and 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 who better oh, to interview no. than uh, Adrian Rochelle? Oh, oh, we're pulling Adrian away oh, from his uh, oh, autographies. And, uh, oh, uh, oh, oh. Sorry, I had to say goodbye to the fans. Hi. Hi, Adrian. Can you tell us how you were involved with West Side Story in concert? Um, well, with West Side in concert, I was one of the choreographers, and I was also Bernardo, who was the leader of the Shark Gang. Whoa. Whoa, That's busy. Cool. I know. How did you, like, manage all of that? How did you, I guess a better question than that is... Did. Is, did, did, <laughs> did you did. manage all that? No, is how did you, um, as an actor, I guess people ask this question, I think a lot is like, how do you compartmentalize a little bit your roles in that where you are memorizing these lines and memorizing these dances and learning the story and also taking a step back and leading people to tell the story through dance? Well, I just really used my free time efficiently and I um, used memorization with like just other people because that's yeah. the best way for me to memorize quickly is I just really use other people that I'm in scenes with to just get memorization done quicker. And then with dances, um, it really helped to have um, my co-choreographer, Lucas Moquin, to lean on and we just like bounce ideas off each other. And right. then like once we just sat down in the space and we just got it all done and we cranked it all out. And yeah. the cast was just amazing and really just trying to push themselves with the dance because it was really hard dance. We used a lot of original Broadway choreography. Oh and Lucas is also a performer in this production. He's he playing our action and, uh, you know, as everyone knows, uh, you know, action is one of the main Jets who uh, really kind of takes the lead in Officer Krupke. Yeah, right, right. and he was second in command, so we just made sure, like, he had exactly. enough time and we just right, straightened right. it off. Made sure he had enough time because I died in the first act, so I had a little bit Ooh. more downtime than he Spoiler did. alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. If you didn't know... <laughs> Now you know. <laughs> now you know. And you've worked with Lucas before on some other Yes, this was um, right? our second show working together as a choreo awesome. choreographical team. Um, last Both summer, at Thunder Bay Theater. Hashtag. Hashtag Fan for life. No, last summer we worked on Justin together, and then he helped me a lot when I choreographed Seven Brides, and it was just a great summer. Great. And tell me a little bit about, like, your kind of, I don't know, what you're thinking of with this performance and how you think that this is going to affect our community, this story, and how I'm sure you think it's important that we're sharing this as a free concert. And um, I'm just curious, like, where your mind's at right now with um, sharing the story here. For me, I am really just a connoisseur, to say, of social justice. And yeah. I really just like performing things that make people think especially but like is it too heavy because you never want to leave someone with just a weighted thought but right. like you do want people to start thinking but enjoy a story and then enjoy walking away with something and being right. like okay let me look at this performance and the story that I was just told and see oh this is the world I'm living in today right. but this is something I just saw and let me see the parallels and let me see if there's any parallels I would like to change right. or things right. like that of that nature so yeah. I'm just really excited to give people something to think about and yeah. give something people to hold with them as they yeah. go into their lives That's and so just great. coming over we actually have have the Lucas Moquin, the our Lucas co-choreographer, Moquin. he's oh really excited gosh. that I found him and I'm going to make him uh, be part of this. Hi, Lucas, Lucas is uh, the resident grumpy man of the company who doesn't like doing anything he doesn't He's literally have to. a grandpa. You should at see heart, the smile I'm, on his face At right heart, now. I'm 60 years old. <laughs> and so, In body, he's also about 60 years old. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm just kidding. No, Lucas is, is one of our star dancers and he, this is his third... Also playing Will Parker in Oklahoma. Yes. So if he doesn't confirm that. There we go. 
know. And this is his third summer at third Thunder Bay Theater. Third should be about 10 or 20. Yeah, well, I'm know. sure, listeners, if you come in 80 million years, Lucas will still be working wow. here. No, That's I'm kidding. That's a long time. Um, but we love Lucas, and hey, I think thanks. Lucas loves us. I do. And tell me a little bit about... Um, dancing and how theater makers use dance to tell stories? Well, that's a really interesting question, actually, which can be answered with Oklahoma, which is coming up. Uh, we just opened that. Oklahoma, uh, written by Rodgers and Hammerstein, premiered in 1943 and was the first musical that was that's known as an integrated musical, uh, where the actors uh, not only use song and acting, but also dance to right. tell and progress the story. Up until then, um, musicals were written really to get uh, hit singles on the radio. Uh, this was the first time that dance was incorporated, haha, that's where we get the term, to, to tell a story. Right. So um, that's always a very, a very, very, very interesting thing to explore as a choreographer. Um, you have to listen to the music, what the composers have put on the score, right. on the page. You also have to uh, read what the the writers have put on the page for the characters to say right. to, to kind of get a feel of the... the Whose birthday is it? Oh, oh, oh my this gosh. This is very exciting. Uh, we have uh, a small patron whose birthday it is today, and oh I also just overheard gosh. that it is actually her first musical tonight, and she just took a picture with the so cast. So exciting. So that is just kind of cementing what we were talking about. Thank you, Riley. We have, we're have we getting our own little personal serenade of the birthday song. You know what, folks? Uh, it is almost... What time it's is it? It's almost showtime. I was going to say, have... it is 540, so we need to go back and yep. get to work. We... So thank you... Oh, okay. Lucas, Lucas wants to come back. No, so back. Okay, okay, Finish okay. your thought, and then we're going to all say goodbye. What was I saying? You were saying dancing, telling stories yes. through dance. Uh, it's a very interesting thing to explore as a, as a theater maker, specifically as a choreographer, how you can um, get people with different uh, levels of dance experience to, to tell a story through what you, how you want them to move, right. where you want them to go. Uh, what shapes you want their body to take a lot some of it some of it isn't even um, you know uh, get up on stage do a triple and kick your face some of it is just movement right which is I've just kind of discovered you know kind of the, the modern style of dance yeah. um, it's really fascinating it's really interesting and moving is hard sometimes. Oh, like, yeah. as human beings, we're kind of awkward when yeah, we it's, move. It's, so, like, it's a really looking absolutely. nice when you move on stage is actually a big challenge. It's a challenge. really confusing <laughs> thing when a director says, be a human being on stage. Right. I, I apologize. I'm sorry. Like, I think it's, Jeff says that a lot. No, but that's like with any director. It, it's it's so confusing for actors. How do I be a human up here? Yeah. How do I just do... It's really... And incorporate dancing and singing right. and memorizing lines and blocking on top of How that. do they it's do it? Crazy. How do How we do, do, we do it? it? I, it's still a mystery to me. <laughs> If you figure it out, please tell let me. Us know. Three yeah. and eleven weeks is pretty mind-boggling, <laughs> let alone one yeah. over uh, yeah. six. It yeah, is, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It is a lot, but you know what? It's very much worth it. And, uh, well, I have it any we'll other have way. to have you back on our podcast to um, talk a little bit more about choreography because oh, I think be that's great. super interesting, and I think that's something that our listeners would be interested in. But for now, we have to sign off because our show is about to start. People, We're people so excited! Keep at the merchandise table, and I, I wanna, know, you know, I know, and uh, we need to go back over there. So, Molly, I think that, uh, you know, we definitely need to do a post-pod, even if it's just for five minutes. I don't know if it's going to be tonight or tomorrow morning because there's a lot going on right now. But we also can promise you that before we close Oklahoma, we will make sure to get a podcast in maybe even one in consecutive weeks. (gasps) Wow. 
I don't know. Get I'll excited. To, I'll have to write that into my contract if I can afford, if I can, uh, afford the time for that. Book. Okay. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you. I would also like to thank our West Side Story sponsor, H&R Block. Yeah. Uh, we're so thankful for them. And also, True North Radio Network. Um, I didn't say how we got here. So let me yes. hit that real quick. Yes, so yes, um, yes. in February of this year, again, because this is the first time we've ever done this, uh, True North Radio Network put onto their Facebook page, what concert should we book for the summer season? And I, you know, being bold and brave and somewhat <laughs> stupid sometimes, said, said us! <laughs> I'm going to call Daryl Kelly over at uh, True North and say, hey, we're doing a show that happens to be in concert, so that fits the bill, and we would love to come do it at the, th- at, at the band shell. And right. he said, oh. That's interesting. He said, we've never done anything like that before. Sounds no cool. one's ever even said that. And it's okay? Like, are you going to bring sets of costumes? And I said, well, no, 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 no. It's just, it's just chairs and scaffolding yeah, and yeah. blocks. And, and we just tell the story and sing all the songs and do all the dancing. And he said, oh, let me go back to my team and talk about it. And here we are, here five, we are. six months later. So thank you, True North Radio Network. Thank you, True North Radio Network. We're so excited. And, uh, thank you to all the premier sponsors. There are so many wonderful sponsors who make the Summer Concert Series happen. Yeah. Um, I don't want to list any of them because I don't know all of them off the top <laughs> of my head. And I don't want to get anybody yeah. angry. I don't want to get Daryl in trouble. But... Folks, we are so excited to be performing tonight, and uh, we are so excited to talk to you about it after it happens. Thank you. This was Live from the Humidor, live at the Bachel, with Kate Shade, who's currently missing, and Sarah Lawrence, and Big Fish. Bye-bye. Bye.